Book of Psalm, chapter number 17. You had a friend. You were the best of friends. You grew up together. You went through high school together. You spent every waking minute with each other. I mean the best of friends. After high school, you kind of drifted apart. and you, uh, you saw your friend every now and then. But he never said nothing to you. And then whenever he saw you out working, he just drove on by, didn't wave, didn't look at you. When he saw you on the side of the road with your hood up, he didn't slow down, didn't even move over to give you some room. He flew right past, ignoring you completely. Whenever you got sick, he didn't check on you, didn't care about you. Whenever you lost loved ones, he didn't show up to the the wake, the funeral, didn't text you, didn't call you. Whenever things come along in your life, it seems he wanted absolutely nothing to do with you. And then years would go by and, and this happens over and over and over again. Years go by and you come across him on the side of the road. And he's flagging you down. Do you stop? You sure? Do you stop? Because the the Christian thing to do, the right thing to do, is to stop. But whenever you stop and you help this person, this this friend who has ignored you for the last 30 years, this person that you, you, you thought that you were close to, this person even that you loved, and you walk up to them and and you help them out. Did they deserve it? Did they earn it? Did they do anything to warrant you stopping and helping them out? Exactly the opposite. They gave you every single reason not to. So many times in our life, we are that friend that ignores God. We don't think much of it until we need Him and then we try to flag Him down. God has no reason to stop other than it's the right thing to do. God has no reason to help other than the love He has for us. And tonight, God God will. God will help. But the thing I want to get on our heart tonight is, is we should never find ourselves that distant from God in the first place. But so many times we do. And, and we've been studying on a believer's walk on, on Wednesday nights and tonight I, I want to look just a little bit on, on a believer's walk that is distant from God. And that is a very, very, very dangerous place to be. Because in our life, is it only whenever we need God that we call upon Him? Is it only whenever we desire His help that we acknowledge Him? Do we just show up to church? Why do you show up to church? Why do you show up to church? To socialize? Because it's expected? Because people think bad of you if you don't? Because you want to eat? Sure smells good, don't it? Why don't you show up to church? Why come? To show off how pretty you look on Sunday mornings? To make sure your kids are here, but but you don't really want to be here. To show off how good you can sing or pray? Why do you come to church? Tonight, if we can't answer that question,
We have no business asking anything of God. If we can't answer why we come to church, if we don't have a desire to, to worship and honor Him every minute of our life, if we only acknowledge Him whenever we're around other people that acknowledge Him, we have no business asking anything of God. So many times we'll ask God to, to help our family. We're sick. But why, why weren't we talking to God last week? We'll ask God, God, bless this family. They, they've, they've, they're going through so much. But last week, we were out cussing and fussing and raising all kind of cane and just acting a royal fool. And then all of a sudden we want to ask God. Our walk with God cannot be a bob and weave. Y'all seen, uh, it's always Disney movies. Timon and Pumbaa, Lion King, one and a half. What do the meerkats do? They say scurry, sniff, flinch, right? Scurry, sniff, it's a song. Baby's been watching Lion King lately. But the, the whole point of it is that it's a bob and weave. You're trying to avoid the enemy. You're trying to avoid capture. You're trying to avoid staying in one place for very long. And, and, and you're, you're, you're bobbing in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And our walk with God cannot be a bob and weave. It cannot be a one minute we are with God, another minute we are with the world, one minute we are serving God, another minute we are serving man. That is not a Christian walk. We have no business... No business prioritizing the world and then asking for God's blessing. No business at all. But so many times we find ourselves doing that. We find ourselves asking God to help us. I, I was that kid that did that during final exams in college. My freshman year of college, I took calculus and chemistry. Oh, it was awful. And I find myself asking God to help me whenever it came exam time. And then I found myself asking, when's the last time I went to church? When's the last time I read my Bible? When's the last time I prayed? Other than asking God to help me on an exam. When is the last time that I was obedient to Him? And now I'm sitting here asking, how many of your kids would you sit there and watch them disobey you and back talk you and, and do everything that you told them not to do all day long. They were doing the opposite of whatever you say. Don't color on the walls. Here I go, coloring on the walls. Don't throw that. Here it goes, woo, across the room. All day doing everything you told them not to do. And then at the end of the day, you're going to reward them with ice cream, right? Because they were such a good kid. How many of you would do that? You're not going to do it. So why should God do that for us? If all the time we do everything except what He desires for us to do, why would He give us ice cream for supper? Psalm chapter 17. We're going to read the whole chapter. Psalm chapter 17. Hear the right, O Lord. Attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. God, pay attention. He says, hear the right, tend unto my cry, give ear three times. He emphasizes, Lord, hear me. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved my, uh, my heart. 
Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the works of men by the word of the thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. David is, is telling God, God, I have kept your commandments. God, I have obeyed you. God, I have towed the line. Let's keep going. Hold up my goings in my path, in thy paths, and my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me and hear my speech. Three times again, God, hear me. Show thy marvelous love and kindness, O thou that saveth by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of the eye, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. From the wicked that oppress me, from the deadly enemy who compasses me about. They are enclosed in their own fat, and their mouth they speak proudly. They have now compassed us in our steps, and they have set their eyes bowing down to the earth. Like as a lion that is greedy of his prey, and as it were a young lion lurking in secret places. Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down, deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. From men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world, which have their portion in this life. Whose belly thou fillest with thy hid treasure, thy full, uh, thou are, they are full of children, and leave the rest of their substance to their babes. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. David said, God, I have towed the line. God, my mouth has not transgressed. God, thou hast tried me and found nothing. And God, because of this, I want your help. Because of this, I need your help. God, uh, David found himself asking to be delivered from his enemies, from the wicked that oppressed me. Verse 9 from my deadly enemies who compass me about. Whether we believe it or not, we are surrounded. Every day. Brother Brandon Hartfield, Brother Brad O'Neill are involved in a ministry in Kenya, Africa. Working with several local pastors over there. Uh, several churches over here support them uh, faithfully. And a day or two ago, he, he made a post on Facebook about uh, one of the pastors over there that they had sent let go. Uh, because he was acting out of, out of faithfulness. Uh, he, he was messaging people privately, asking for money and doing this and doing that. And he was doing things that, that he knew he ought not do. And uh, Brother Brad said that wherever there is good work going on for God, Satan is working hard. And it's true. Wherever there is good work going on for God, wherever people are working for God and living for God, Satan is working just as hard, probably harder against it against anything that could be productive, against anything that could lead lost souls to Christ, against anything that could get people more involved in the work of God, against anything that would allow people to turn their eyes back to the Word of God, back to the lips of God, back to the face of God. He is working against it. And David said, my enemies have compassed me about. Our enemies have compassed us about to. He said, as for me in verse 15, I will behold thy face in righteousness. God, I'm not going to look at my enemies. 
I'm not going to look at those who oppress me, those who can pass me about. I'm not going to pay attention to it. In the New Testament, Jesus said, if they won't hear you, shake the dust off your feet and keep on going. You have too much work to do to dwell on things and, and people and, and entities and principalities that are against you. You have too much work to do to, to worry about all this opposition because if God is for us, right? We all know that verse. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake without likeness. <coughs> Chapter number 18. I believe that these are back to back on purpose. David said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Now, I don't know if your Bible has headings above these psalms. Mine does. Psalm 17, it says, David prays to God to be saved from his enemies in chapter 18. It says, Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this psalm. In the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Now pay attention to what he calls the Lord in all of this. First of all, he said, Lord is my strength. And then he says, my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my strength, and whom I will trust. My buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved. From mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me about. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. And in my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. And he heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even unto his ears. And the earth shook and trembled, and the foundations of the hills were shaken because of his wrath. There went up smoke out of his nostrils and fire of his mouth devoured and coals were kindled by it. And he bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly, yea, fly upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness his secret place in his pavilion. Around him were the dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. And as a brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed and hailstones, coals of fire. And the Lord thundered in the heavens and the highest gave his voice hailstones and coals of fire. And he set out his armies, his, his arrows, and scattered them, shot out lightnings and discontented them. Then the channels of the wanderers were seen and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke. O Lord, at the blast of thy breath, of thy nostrils, he sent down from above. He took me and drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me. For they were too strong for me. I want to stop right there. Verse 17, he said, He delivered me from my strong enemy, from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. No matter how big and tough and strong and even spiritually strong we may be, the devil is stronger. We need to understand that. He is not something that, that we can overcome in and of ourselves, But God can. The Bible says in James that, that if we will resist the devil, he will flee from us. I love that verse. He don't say we've got to whoop him. He don't say that we've got to beat him up. It says we just have to resist him. We just have to show resistance. 
<clears throat> David said that they were too strong for me. And had he been by himself, they would have overcome him. But verse 1 and 2 is where we want to go back to this afternoon. He said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God. I wish we had time to go through all of these. But our strength in and of ourselves is absolutely nothing. We're not strong enough, but God is. The Lord is my rock, my foundation, my hard place, the place that I can shelter, the place that I can build, the place that I can hold on to. The Lord is my rock. He is unmoving. He is unwavering. He is constant. He is there. He is something, someone that we can depend on. Down through history, people have used rocks in, in so many ways. Whenever God would deliver the children of Israel out of some great terror, what were they always required to do? Not always, but most of the time, what did they do? A rock. A rock of remembrance. They either built a, a stone altar or they uh are they they rolled up a rock of remembrance a stone of remembrance so that whenever people saw it so that whenever people passed by they recognized and they remembered what god had done and the foundation of their faith was built on the the the, the deliverance of god and that strengthened their faith my fortress because God protects us. God guards us. The Bible talks about a hedge of protection in the book of Job. That God had a hedge of protection around Job. And I believe with all of my heart that He can do that still today. And oftentimes He has. And even now does have a hedge of protection around His people. Because God is our fortress. And our deliverer. He is the one who wins every time. He is the one who conquers every time. He didn't, just, he didn't just make it happen with David. Right? David's not the only one who's beat a giant. So did Stephen. So did Paul. So did Philip. So did John. So did so many great men and women of the Bible. We find their names in Hebrews 11. The men who slew giants tumbled cities preached with preached with fire and God delivered them every single time what did the three Hebrew children say they said whether you deliver me through the fire or whether you deliver me into heaven God will deliver us it may be through the fire it may be through death God will deliver us. O King, we are not careful to answer thee. I love that. O King, we are not careful. O King, we, we don't even have to think about it. We know that our God is our deliverer. Verse number two. My God. A lot of times that particular phrase is skipped over. My God. We have a lot of little G's in our life. Bunch of them. But there's only one big G. And that is our God. 
And that brings us down to verse number 3. Who is worthy to be praised. Our God, our Savior, our Creator, our strength, our rock, our fortress, our deliverer, our God is worthy to be praised. Not only that, He is worthy to be obeyed. He is worthy to be acknowledged. And that's something that the world is missing today. Is acknowledgement. It's hard to obey God. It's not easy. But it's it's easy to ignore Him. Ain't it? It's easy to ignore God. I would say try it sometime, but chances are we already have. It's easy to ignore God. It's easy to put our Bible up and, and forget about it. It's easy to, to lay our Bible down. I was cleaning ice machines today. And whenever you turn them into the, the cleaning cycle, it takes 30 to 35 minutes to run through the cleaning cycle completely. So during the first cleaning cycle of the first machine, I stopped at, I scrolled through Facebook, I checked my email, I replied to some text messages, I took care of some business on the phone, 35 minutes worth. And then I went into the place in Bogalusa, we had an ice machine, I went in to clean it. And whenever I walked in, there was a girl sitting at the table. She couldn't have been very much out of high school. She was sitting at the table in this tea place. And she was had her Bible open reading. And I looked at her and I said to myself, I said, I just sat there and wasted 30 minutes playing on my phone where I could have been reading my Bible. It's easy to ignore God. It's easy to ignore it. It's easy to skip over because our minds are so occupied with everything. 90 to nothing all the time, right? If you were to drill a hole in your ear right now, there ain't no telling how many gallons would come out. I mean, we, we are so occupied with everything. Allow God to be part of that. Let God be part of that that occupies us. I promise it will affect why you come to church. It will. If we allow God to be acknowledged in our life, to be valued in our life, to be prioritized in our life, if we see God as our God, it will change why and how we come to church. It will change it completely. Attended a church in college and, and the pastor was Brother Chris. And, and he, he was kind of an eccentric person. He was as good as gold. I loved him to death and still listen to him sometimes uh, online. But he... Uh, he had an interesting way of, of trying to reach people and, and trying to get people. And he, uh, he wore this coat one morning. It was right around Christmas time. and It had candy canes and, and um, Christmas cookies and all sorts of sweets all over it. And It, it was kind of like I, I wore one last year that lit up. Y'all remember the Christmas lights? So he flipped a switch on his and it lit up. And he turned around and on the back of it it said, Jesus is sweeter. Jesus is sweeter. And that particular morning, and it was, oh, it must have been 2014 or 15. I could sit here and, and picture him standing up there, turned backwards, and Jesus is sweeter on the back of his lit up Sunday morning coat. And he said, come as you are. And there was people in that church service in pajamas. We're in a college town. This is the second service. They have a... a Oh, what do you call it? Traditional service early and then a contemporary service late. And 
uh, Sunday school in between. That particular Sunday, me and I think Emily may have been with me. I don't remember. Uh, that particular Sunday, we, we or I accidentally slept in and we made it for the, the contemporary service, the second service, where they played, you know, a little bit uh, different music and such. And, and he normally wears something other than a, a suit. But uh, but he, he showed up and he said, come as you are. And that's what he was preaching on. He said, I don't care if you showed up in pajamas. I don't care if you showed up in flip-flops. I don't care if you're wearing barely anything at all. He said, I'm glad you're at church because whenever Jesus get a hold, gets a hold to you, you'll change. But he said, if we never make an introduction, then people never meet Jesus. If we never make an introduction, people never meet Jesus. And that hit me. Because there was people in front of me in pajamas and in flip-flops and in fuzzy shoes and wrapped up in blankets because it was cold in the wintertime up there. And he said, whenever Jesus gets a hold to you, whenever we begin to see God like David did, whenever we begin to see God as, as our rock and our fortress and our deliverer and our God, whenever we see a God that is worthy of praise, it changes us from the inside out. It's supposed to. It's supposed to change how we worship. It's supposed to change how we read our Bible. It's supposed to change how we dress. It's supposed to change how we think. It's supposed to change how we talk. It's supposed to change how we act. The question is, has Jesus changed these things in you? If he hasn't, he can. We're not going to go there tonight. My God, my strength, again, in whom I will trust. Faith to the uttermost. My buckler, my supporter, the horn of my salvation and my high tower, the one who guards my soul, the one who guards my soul that he saved, the one who guards my soul that he saved by his blood that he shed. Never, he didn't have to. I will call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from mine enemies. Whenever we begin to see God this way, it changes our life. It does. Do you believe that it can change your life multiple times? It's a trick question. It better. We have revivals all the time, right? That's what it's supposed to be about. A, a reviving, a refreshing, a, a, a new perspective. A renewing of an old perspective. Tonight, do we see God that way? Do we acknowledge God? Do we prioritize God? To, do we see God and, and, and is our walk, with a, our walk with Him as a believer? Do we stick to Him? David said, you find no transgressions on my lips. David said, you have searched me and you have found nothing. You think that's kind of proudful of David to say? You have searched me, God, and you can't find nothing wrong with me. I tell you, Brother Randy, if he searched me. <laughs> Be like that English paper, just, English teacher just bleeding all over my paper. That's the way God would do if he evaluated my life. Whenever he works in our life, he changes it all. I pray that he could continue to do that. Tonight, if you want him to change your life, prioritize him. Obey him. 
Look to Him. Allow Him to lead. See Him as your strength. See Him as your rock. See Him as your God, your buckler, your high tower, your horn of salvation. See Him as the Lord who is worthy to be praised. See Him as God. Not just on Sundays at church. Not just on Wednesdays at church. Come to church prepared. Come to church excited. Come to church ready to listen to Sunday school lesson. Come to church ready to sing. Prepare special. We'll let you sing. No matter if you sing good or not, we'll let you sing. Worship God. Praise God. Obey God. Communicate with God. He'll change your life. He promises us that. Oh, we have a verse of song. We're going to ask a verse of invitation. Someone has something on earth.